Wonder how that woman came up with her cool idea and turned it into a business? Listen in to find out how. Welcome to Women Inspired. I'm your host, Linda Ugalow. And on this show, I speak with women and a few cool dudes, all of them artists, healers, change makers, and entrepreneurs about what it takes to put their dreams into action. And today I have as my guest, Alana Katz Katz. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad you are here. Me and too. I don't think I've ever spoken a name th that is repeated Katz Katz. <laughs> Can you? Tell us how that came to be. Yes, yes, a lot of people ask about that. Um, well, my name was Ilana Katz Levinson. Um, that was my maiden name. My mother's maiden name was Katz, but there were no boys in her family, so she gave it to me as a middle name. And I married uh, a Katz, and I love Katz. And so my name's Ilana Katz Katz. It's also a great uh, name for a performer. People remember it, and uh, I like it. That's great. So you are a performer, you're an artist, you are an author. You have many artistic talents. Yes, I do many, many things. Uh, I am a musician. I'm a blues and Appalachian um, fiddle player and singer. And uh, I play a lot in the subway. I've been there for eight years. That's kind of how I got started, playing there once a week. And now I play uh, blues festivals and all over the country, and it's expanding. Um, and I play all around Boston as well. And then uh, I've written a number of novels. And uh, my first novel that I put out just got optioned for a screenplay, so that's very exciting. I'm working on that right now. Congratulations. I'm working on my third record. Thank you. And uh, I also paint. I've painted my boots, which I'll. Oh, it's beautiful. I love um, those. That's kind of my latest thing. But I do a lot of watercolor painting, and I just, you know, I always, I always think about more things I can create. I just mm -hmm. don't have enough time. But I do. Those are the things I concentrate on. Mm -hmm. what, what's your subject for watercolors? Landscapes and cats, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And is that something that you studied for a long time? Is it something that... Like no, I definitely did not study painting. I will say um, I was a model, a, a nude model in the art school in in college, that's how I kind of, that was the only schooling I got in art, and uh, that was a long time ago, but uh, other than that, I don't have any formal training, so it's just something I've always enjoyed. So you just did it for your pleasure, and now you are showing your paintings, or? Yeah, I'm starting to sell them a little bit. Um, I really wasn't, th th that just, like so many things just kind of happened. I, I had a uh, music performance at an art gallery, and they invited me to show some of my paintings, and I ended up selling a few, which was amazing. So uh, yeah, I just, I really enjoy it. I do things that I enjoy, and and I'm glad that other people appreciate them as well. That's a great gift to me. That's really nice. So you don't feel like you are hustling to sell your paintings. It's just as it's Yeah, I am definitely fun. not hustling to sell my paintings. <laughs> it's funny, because I just started doing the painting my boots. I just had this idea to do it. And wherever I go, people want to buy them. And I don't, I don't have enough time to really paint a lot of boots. But I'm thinking of doing some for benefits for some charities, but uh, um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. That's great. You like to keep it that way. Um, for, well, just because I don't have enough time. I know that uh, one thing is to be an artist, you have to be focused. You have to focus on 
what you want to put out into the world, or, you know, to do it well. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I can't do everything. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and like I said, I'm working on uh, my screenplay and another record. And so those are, it's important for me to focus on that now. Yeah. So let's talk about your music. So is music something you've done all your life? I've done, I've played on and off. I started in grammar school and I played in the orchestra and then I quit and then I was in a rock band in college and then I quit. Um, I played a little bit in Harvard Square in the summer, uh, summers in college. But uh, when I was 15 years old, I heard John Lee Hooker, the great uh, bluesman, and I just knew I wanted to play the fiddle the way he played the guitar even though I, I didn't know how that was going to happen and it's just something I just really loved it and um, I ended up um, going to a, a fiddle camp and learning to play Appalachian music and people always said I had a very bluesy style and it's only in the last few years that I've really um, been in the blues community uh, you know really around the world um, with um, been very fortunate to uh, be invited to perform with a lot of uh, very well-known blues musicians. I just got back from a trip to Memphis playing all over Beale's, Beale Street, which is like just such an amazing feeling. So, um, so Beale lucky. Street for people who may not have heard of Beale Street, can you? Describe Beale Street the is um, in Memphis, Tennessee. It's where BB King and uh, uh, you know all the old great blues musicians would you know, perform and it's still a big, you know, I was there for a big blues week and um, it's really the, the home of blues history, I would say. So, uh, one of them. So, um, to stand where other musicians have stood for me, who I really admired, I just, I feel that when, I, when I'm there. So, it's a mm -hmm. great honor and, and really great fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, has like your musical expression and your performing has it felt like it's been like this smooth unfolding or have you had ups and downs or well I always have ups and downs uh, I um, I have had some depression over the years which you know I find among artists in general and certainly in, among uh, many of my blues musician friends um, it certainly has unfolded because I was happy as a clam playing in the subway and then I met um, a great uh, bluesman by the name of Ronnie Earl who invited me to play with him one night and then he said he wanted to help me and he um, you know said he wanted to be on my record which I was just about to record my first record so it definitely unfolded and then he took me around and introduced me to people so it absolutely unfolded I did not plan on I just thought oh I'm gonna play in the subway forever and I was really happy to share music with people who don't get to hear live music, which is why I'm still there, because I still enjoy that. Well, I think so. that's fascinating. I'd love to, like, focus in on that. <laughs> what, you know, I've heard, you know, people go out to perform in the streets. It's one way to have an audience. What, what was that for you, going into the subway? Like, where, what was the first time like? And 
Well, the first time uh, a friend uh, who I had met many years prior has been playing on the streets in the subway for a long time, and uh, we thought we would play together, and he said, why don't you meet me in the subway? And I got there before he did where we were going to meet, and I just had this aha moment when I got there that this was where I was supposed to be, this is what I was supposed to do. And um, it's just an amazing, it's not for everyone. Um, uh, people talk to me and tell me their stories. Um, my, actually, my new record is called Subway Stories because mm. I'm really focusing on that. But it is just an incredible experience to play music where people aren't expecting to hear music. Mm -hmm. What are some of, what are the things that you feel there that you, what else do people share with you about it? Or is there well, interaction? Oh, you, there's... It's, I always, uh, you know, there's kind of this stereotype about a bartender, how everyone spills their, you know, spills their guts to the bartender. Um, maybe that's when they've had something to drink. I don't know. But people really come up to me, you know, in the middle of when I'm playing. I don't know. It's like, I think it's because I surprise them with the music. They're not expecting it. Their guard is down. And so it evokes emotions for them. And they'll tell me, oh, you remind me of where I came from. Or... I was having a horrible day, and they'll tell me what happened. Or, uh, you know, I'm homeless, and I come from a household where I'm, you know, my partner beats me, and you made me happy, and I want you to know that. I mean, like, you can't even, or, or you know, happier things like a, a couple who had just gotten married, and they danced around. I could see they were wearing white, and and uh, I was with playing with my friend, and I said, let's play a waltz, and they waltzed around the play. I mean, there's all kinds of stories that I carry around and um, it's just an incredible experience every time. Mm. I leave feeling like I've done something to reach other people from children to all ages. Mm. So That's incredible. I don't know if you've ever seen the YouTube of Joshua Bell who is a famous yes, classical course. player. Yes. He's playing in, is it New York City? And yes. he's completely ignored. Like everyone like is walking by and like, at least in the video, that's what it shows. I don't know yeah. if that was true. And then finally one child stops and he spoke about how humbling it was to be ignored because in his concerts, he doesn't allow anyone to make a sound. Well, there are so many, that everyone tells me that story. It was in Washington, D.C. Oh, it was in D.C. And in okay. Washington, D.C., you can't play on the platform where people wait for the trains. As far uh -huh. as I understand, you have mm -hmm. to play outside, okay. and, you, and a seasoned busker would know, don't play during rush hour because people are in a rush. So I play a little bit after rush hour. And while it appears people aren't listening, I believe they are listening. You have to look and see. They tap their feet, or they look at you, or they smile. And that was just one instance. So... Um, I'm glad that he did that because he raised so much awareness about that experience, but um, it's just one instance. So. And that makes sense that if he's in a hallway where people are not waiting there in Trying transit, to, yeah. it's really different than if they're waiting on the platform and they can really take your right. music in. Right, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So. so that's. would you say that's your favorite place to play? It's... Um, it is my favorite place to play. I, well, I, I, uh, I love playing 
in many environments with many great musicians, but I do feel like it is home. You know, it's a place where I feel that I am supposed to do work in the world and bring music to people. So mm -hmm. it is one of my absolute fa I, I feel that I will always have um, a presence in the subway. I, um, no matter how busy I get, I'll never, you know, really be done with that, you mm -hmm. know. So if um, listeners or viewers live in the Boston area or they're ever visiting, which subway stop should she go they go to well my favorite stop is um, is Park Street on the Ren line uh -huh. but what I do is I post on my Facebook page in the morning I usually am there um, about 9:30 in the morning once a week so if you're thinking of going down you look on my Facebook page and you'll see and I'll say you know subway Friday or subway Wednesday and I, I usually when I'm in the train I I have, um, I just kind of do a little meditation when I'm walking and say, well, what should I say to people? And um, I, I just speak from my heart. And um, that's also really nice as people really respond to that. And I, I mean, I always say the subway is my church, coming from a rabbi's daughter. That's, uh, yeah, I really do a lot of praying there. And, and um, uh, it's a very special place mm. <laughs> for an so, underground. So if people wanted to get onto your Facebook, where, where do they find you? Um, it's Ilana Katz Katz. That's I-L-A-N-A K-A-T-Z-K-A-T-Z dot mm. com. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Are you going to play something for us? I would love to play you uh, a song from my um, current record. I thought I would, I'm going to play something really old. Um, so it's called Sweet to Mama, and it's an old um, song by Big Bill Brunzi, and this is my version. So great. Let me, uh, let great. me step over to. All right. <clears throat> Here we go.
needs cranking, my car needs cranking, ain't got no gasoline, pretty mama, my car needs cranking, ain't got no gasoline, you said you're gonna give me money, how about some loving too? To mama, sweet to mama, where did you stay last night, pretty mama? Sweet to mama, where did you stay last night? You know I'm asking you, mama, where did you stay last night? I said, where did you stay last night? I said, where did you stay last night? Yay! <laughs> Thank you. Wow. That's beautiful. Thank you. So where does that song come from? That song is from 1935 by... Um, a blues musician by the name of Big Bill Brunzi, who's known as a guitar player, but he also played blues fiddle. And I um, do my best to try to find all the old blues fiddle, because there's not a lot of old recorded blues fiddle. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just, I just like that song. I mean, I play all kinds of you know instrumentals, and I write my own music too. I, I've been writing a lot of music mm -hmm. and play more modern things, but I just kind of felt like playing that today. Mm -hmm. That's great. So you're starting to play around in with different bands. Um, is that something that also just kind of like takes on a life of its own? I it it does. Or, I have been really fortunate. I get invited to do. People ask me, how do you get these things? Like I played at um, Mary Marty Walsh's um, Gala International Ball solo. I've played, you know, at private events with um, John Oates from Holland Oates. Just kind of randomly happened. I played weddings. I've I play blues festivals. I play with bands. Yeah, I play. I do all, you know, in duo, I, I, I do all kinds of stuff, and I, I really enjoy it all. You know? And how does it happen that you find them or they find you? Like, what do you attribute that to? Um, well, part of it is I play blues fiddle, which is a little bit different, and there are um, a couple of other people out there doing it, but not a lot of us. And um, so I am something different, and wherever I go, people see me with it, and they're like, are you going to play that? They're just so excited to have something different, um, something, even though, I mean, uh, the guitar is, all, is, all the instruments are great and it's great to have them all, but the blues uh, fiddle is something different and the, and the violin is known to, uh, some people say it most closely mimics the human voice, so it has a lot of emotion. Mm -hmm. So um, I do get invited to do a lot of um, things just because I do something a little different. Yeah. So what does success mean to you? Well, success, uh, there are many kinds of success. There's uh, the, the financial success that a lot of people think about. Um, there's being fulfilled, which is uh, very important. They're all really important. Um, uh, financial success is probably different to every person. Some people just want to make a living doing their art. Some people have a certain dollar amount. Um, success is also getting to 
um, do your art, whether it's you know maybe painting a mural on a building that means a lot to you, or for me, I feel successful because I have the great honor of of knowing and and making music with some amazing musicians, and I keep um, meeting more and more people, and that's to me that is success. And then also to get to share music at blues festivals, I would like to do more blues festivals. Um, that's another level of success. Um, those are a few ways that I, a few things that I think of off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there anything that frustrates you about the industry? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would say, <laughs> the, I would say the biggest thing, um, it, which isn't really so much about the, well, the music industry um, sometimes, and, and I, I understand this at a certain level, they're um, wanting to be a little safe, like I'm something different, and people, uh, you know, people need to sell tickets and, and make money, and so um, sometimes I feel people are hesitant to take a chance on something different. Um, I don't worry about that that much, but the, the real frustration, I would say, is, is more of a, um, a thing about that goes into my books as well, which is it's a content issue. People think that music is for free because it's on YouTube, and so they don't want to um, pay for it. And that's really, that's my biggest frustration on behalf of myself and all my musician friends. It costs money to make records and um, you know we want to play live and share our music and it's hard when people feel entitled to um, uh, steal um, our music it is illegal um, but uh, people people do it and that that's my biggest frustration so mm -hmm. of having being having the support from your audience to allow you to keep on making more music yeah yeah they love the music they want you know they want me to they you know I feel the love um, but sometimes they don't want to pay for it where they used to even a few years ago I feel a difference <clears throat> you do oh e yes even in the last few years in terms of c CD sales so it, that's my um, biggest frustration but you know I don't uh, I don't dwell on that I I just really try to be positive and and you know I know I'll find my way and and um, I'm always hopeful about you know people learning to do the right thing because sometimes it's just because they don't know mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. do you have a, like a personal habit or routine that you feel like keeps you in the right mindset or keeps you balanced like is or is it that your art is so kind of fulfilling that you don't need oh. other things. <laughs> no, I have I have things. Well first of all playing in the subway is important for me. I just I was gone for five weeks. I just got back and um, I was in Memphis and in Florida and uh, playing and um, I was really hungry to get back to the subway. So that's one thing that keeps me grounded. And um, I also am a runner, so running, you know, exercise and meditation. And uh, there's not one thing. There are a lot of things. Um, it, it's you know, I think for a lot of people, balance is is a challenge. So mm -hmm. I am very very disciplined. So um, I'm always trying to balance all the things that I want to do. But I do make sure and exercise 
and um, for sure, and play play music in the subway are probably the biggest things that are important to my health in all ways, you know. That's wonderful. I love, I love when you say that going to the subway is grounding and it's the place that you pray and it's like your, your place of worship. Well, you know, it's kind of funny. I won't, I won't name names, but a lot of um, people tell me they want to come sit in with me in the subway, which is, which is uh, like I'm so flattered, and um, a couple people have. I don't, I don't put everything on Facebook, um, but there have been a couple musicians who have come down. They said I always wanted to play in the subway, you know, pretty well-known musicians, and so they've come down. And I, uh, other people have expressed an interest from who come from out of town, from Chicago, and and things. So it's really, it's it's that's interesting to me too. Yeah, yeah. So. For the audience, you know, if you ever listen to musicians in the subway, pay attention. Yes. Uh, so I love to have my guests pick a, a card, okay. a wild card, and just kind of riff on the quality or the attribute that comes okay. up. It could be personal, it could be business. Let's see. Boundaries. Wow, that's, that's an excellent um, card. Boundaries, it's uh, for everyone, no matter what you do, uh, I believe it's important to have good boundaries. And um, when I perform in the subway, um, I had to learn to have boundaries because people would literally get in my personal space. Um, I, I do enjoy performing, but I'm also a private person. And um, so I have had to learn how to you know, share what I would like to share, and I, I really do love to hear from people and um, listen, and I want to help them whatever way I can, but I also have to have my boundaries about my, um, you know, my private life. Right, absolutely. Well, it's been so great having you on your show. I know you've got something to share with our guests. Yes, um, do. do you want to just take a moment to say what it yes, is? Yes, I have some CDs. I'm going to show them. I have some CDs and a novel that I would be happy to give. This is my novel, The Underground, that I'm um, uh, writing the screenplay of. It is a dystopian romance, so um, you can look it up. On, it's on Amazon. And I also have uh, my first CD, which has the great Mr. Ronnie Earle on it um, for blues fans and a lot of Appalachian music. And my latest CD has um, the great Bobby Radcliffe, who's an amazing bluesman and a, a dear friend, Cedric Watson, who's a Cajun musician, and Barry Levinson, a, a wonderful blues musician as well, who's a dear friend. If you go to my Facebook page, Ilana Katz Katz, that's I-L-A-N-A-K-A-T-Z-K-A-T-Z. -A 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 and uh, put the first three comments of people who say um, they saw the show and would like a freebie. Um, I will send you a message and we'll figure out how to get you either a CD or a novel. So it's my pleasure to share that with you. Well, thanks so much for Thank you. coming on. I love the music. That was a real gift. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate what you're doing as well. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. I hope to catch you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Women Inspired. The show is recorded live in the studios of Bedford TV in Massachusetts. Music courtesy of Sheik Gamin. If you like this episode, please leave a review or comment. 
You can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or watch all the TV episodes of Women Inspired with the show notes and links at www.lindayugalo.com forward slash TV.